Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. We've got one of our favorite uh, types of programs on the way for you today. As promised on our last episode, we've got some listener questions to go over on the show today, and there's some really good ones. I think they're pretty in-depth as well, so I'm going to have some fun breaking these down with David. I guess, David, you're actually going to do the breaking down. I'm just going to be uh, in- <laughs> enjoying the ride. Kind of all the work's on you, my friend, to come up with some good responses for these folks. But well, hopefully we're going to piece together some really good responses. These yeah. are terrific questions, and so, yeah, we'll see kind of where the where the meander goes. If you listen to us break these questions down today and you go, man, I'd like to hear them break down my question, you can always submit those directly to David at ddickens at kcfa.com. Again, that's ddickens at kcfa.com. Or submit questions via the website on coveryourassetskc.com as well. And as always, you can talk to David one-on-one about any financial questions and retirement planning questions that you have. We don't have to feature it here on the show. We've got two good ones to cover on today's episode. And again, normally we usually do three or four, but these are some in-depth questions, I think. So we'll be able to spend plenty of time with these two, David. Uh, Our first one comes to us from Annie, and here's Annie's question. She says, I'm retired and single, and I badly need to make some upgrades to my home. Some structural, some cosmetic, like new furniture, but I'm nervous about spending the money since I may need it in the future. Can you help me decide? So, Annie, there is a lot going on in that question, and I'm going to try to try to break it down into something that's useful for you, understanding that this isn't a specific investment advice for you because I don't actually know you. But the question's awesome, and I get this type of question from um, from clients on a on a somewhat regular basis. So, I think the main answer is this. Annie, you need to go back to your plan. Hopefully, you have a written retirement plan that you can go back and answer this. The, fir- the first place you'd want to start is, when does my plan say I'll run out of money? Now, hopefully, the answer is, well, I'll never run out of money based on my plan. But maybe it says age 90 or whatever it is. Then you'd want to go back and look at the key assumptions that you've made, like, for instance... Did my plan say I'd never run out of money, but I didn't build in anything for long-term care? Or I didn't build in anything for inflation? Or my plan says I'm never going to run out of money, and I got a bunch of money set aside for travel over the next 15 years, and I'm not even traveling. So there are going to be some things about your plan that are going to help you decide whether it's a good tight plan, whether you made some assumptions that were conservative or maybe you made some that were a little too liberal and you'll understand then, is there room in my existing plan? So that's kind of the starting point, Annie. Uh, If you don't have a plan, I'd encourage you to make sure you get one because my opinion is the reason you're concerned right now is you don't really know. And that's because you don't have a probably a real plan in place, or you haven't revisited it recently. But I have some other thoughts for you. Is all of your savings in an IRA or 403B or that kind of tax-deferred rollover account? If so, then let's say you've got $50,000 in mind. Well, that's going to cost you $65,000 out of your account because I'm guessing you're probably, as a single person, you've got a Social Security, you might have a small pension, Um, You may have some other income, but you're probably in the 22% bracket. Plus, 
you didn't say whether you're Missouri or Kansas, but you're probably sending 5% to either Topeka or Jeff City. So that kind of puts you in the 27% tax bracket. So if you need 50000 to do these things, it's really going to cost you about 65000 that you're going to have to take out of your account after paying taxes. So that's one thought. Another is um, you might look at doing a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit that you can pay off over time instead of pulling all of that money out of an IRA or a 403B rollover all at once. So the way I look at this type of expenditure when I'm talking to my clients is the home improvements that you're making. Well, those are really investments into an asset that's an appreciating asset. So when you sell this home 5, 10, 15 years from now, it's very likely going to be worth more than it is today. And if you make improvements like a new bathroom or a first floor laundry or maybe uh, whatever those things might be, you're investing in an asset. Now, your furniture that you're going to buy, those are really expenses, not investments. So you can kind of differentiate the the type of money you're spending uh, based on whether it's an investment, I say big thumbs up to that, or furnishings, not necessarily a thumbs up or thumbs down, but you know, everybody wants to live in a, most people want to live in a nice place. And so there's nothing wrong with doing those expenditures on furnishings. You just want to make sure that you feel really good about those. And then the, the last thing, Annie, I'd say is, how are the rest of your finances? So if you're sitting here today with a bunch of credit card debt, or maybe a, you just bought a really big, new, beautiful car that eh, might have been a little outside of your budget, but especially the credit card debt, that would tell me that you're already living above your means. So your plan, if you have one, is probably looking not so good if you're being realistic about uh, credit card debt. So take a look at your current finances. If you don't have any credit card debt, maybe you've been driving the same car for 10 years. Um, you're, uh, most of this money is going to be an investment in your house. I would say that you probably shouldn't be all that nervous about it, that these are probably good expenditures. Uh, they probably fit into your plan. Take a look at that plan, update it as much as you can, and then take another look at the whole situation. And if you're still nervous, <laughs> you should give me a call or give somebody a call that you can talk through your specific situation with. But that's the way I'd go about it. That is really helpful to break down all of those different moving parts and elements to Annie's question. I, I bet, I'm willing to bet, David, that that was a more thorough answer than Annie expected. So <laughs> I think it is, uh, I think that's awesome. And hopefully that gives her some really good direction. Like you said, hard to give really, really specific advice here on the show, but uh, you pose a lot of great questions and things that she can be thinking about. So yeah, that's well where, I mean, sitting down with a question like that and actually talking to a person, maybe it's your, your super smart sister-in-law or your super smart cousin, whatever it is, or maybe it's an advisor that you actually hire to, to do this kind of work. But a lot of times an answer will create three more questions in your mind, all of which are good. And so that face-to-face -face can really be helpful as you're, as you're framing this up in your mind and trying to figure out, you know what? What is the best route for me based on my situation? So, Annie, good luck with that. And if you, this generates a bunch of extra questions, find somebody that you're, that you're confident in that you can sit down and talk to.
I'm sure that's exactly what it does, David. People ask a question like that in a visit with you, and it leads to 18 other questions like that. And that's all part of the planning process and going through the complete planning review. That CPR process is uncovering the, these kinds of important questions and working through them. Uh, if you have additional questions for David, if you're maybe in a similar situation to Annie and you want to run a one-on-one review idea by David, you can certainly schedule that and set up that time to visit by calling 913-317-1414 or go online to coveryourassetskc.com. Lots of other great information for you on the website. Thanks for the question, Annie. And we have another one here from Raleigh. All right. Or as some people who uh, I've seen call this name, Rally. That, that's not right, David. We don't go with, with rally. Have you ever... <laughs> I have never heard the rally pronunciation. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, or well, have lived there uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And yeah, rally is what uh, some of my New Jersey cousins and aunts and uncles <laughs> have called it before. So I always have to give that polite Southern correction every once in a while. Uh, so Raleigh, the name, which I think is a really cool name, by the way. Uh, I recently left my job and am rolling my 403B into my IRA. All right, now this is a long question, so just keep that in mind as we go through here. I'll break it down. So 403B, rolling over into IRA. My 403B is 50% Roth and 50% traditional, okay? So the Roth piece will roll over into my Roth IRA, no problem. My advisor is recommending I just go ahead and also convert the traditional piece to the Roth now, but that will create a hefty tax bill next spring. I'm certainly pro-Roth, and I know you are too. He must have heard the uh, you know Roth, Roth, Roth <laughs> uh, chant on the show before. Uh, I know you are too, but I'm hesitating. My retirement portfolio is already 75% Roth, so I feel like my tax risk is pretty diversified, do you think getting to 100% Roth is a priority for me right now? So there's a lot packed into that one, too. This is actually an email exchange that I, that I had with Raleigh. And he, uh, at the end, said, you know, if, if you think this would be helpful for any of your listeners, you're welcome to use this. So I, I, I kind of pared down. The, qu- the question was longer than this. Um, but I pared this down to kind of make it a, a something usable for, for this segment. So first of all, it's a, it's a terrific question. Uh, is getting to 100% Roth, is that the best strategy? So it is a really, it's a good strategy to get to 100% Roth. However, what what Raleigh said in his question was the tax pain in 2022 is pretty intense. And so that's where it got, it gets me to thinking, well, maybe the getting to Roth is the right strategy, but the timing isn't quite right. So the questions that Raleigh would, would need to ask himself are, well, did I get a raise when I went from one job to the other? And that might have bumped me into a higher tax bracket. Uh, so is my 2022 in a higher tax bracket than it was in 2021? And maybe that's a reason to postpone doing the Roth conversion on this traditional piece of his 403B. What he and I discussed in this email exchange is, you know, you may have a year in the future where your income is down. Maybe you take a sabbatical year, depending on what you do for a living. Maybe you get early retirement. Uh, Maybe you're done at 58 or 60 or 62 or 64, and you have a little bit of time in between when you start taking Social Security, or otherwise your, uh, your income and consequently your tax bracket is lower. 
than it is right now. Or maybe you have a year or a piece of a year where you lose your job at some point in the future. You're going back to work, but it doesn't happen immediately. And in that particular year, your tax rate is lower. I have, I have clients who were all over the board with this, and it's fairly common that they have a year where income is down and consequently the tax rate is down and that's the real time to do this Roth conversion. So I loved his phrase that he's diversifying his tax risk. I don't remember if that was in the, in the question that we read. Yeah. So the question was, I feel like my tax risk is pretty well diversified. I love that phrase because he's already thinking about what, how he's going to be taxed when he retires. And that's the decision criteria for whether to do a Roth or whether to do traditional. So he's already thinking forward on that. I love that. But what he's doing is diversifying his tax, tax risk amongst tax deferred and tax free. So I have a lot of clients that are going to be or already are in a lower tax bracket in retirement than they were when they were working. And that's the perfect situation where you would not want to do a Roth today because your future tax bracket is lower. But I have a number of clients who are either because they are now taking required minimum distributions or they're soon going to be taking required minimum distributions, which we've discussed at length on these podcasts, that all of a sudden with their Social Security, their spouse's Social Security, their, their pension that they have and those required distributions, all of a sudden they're going to be in a higher tax bracket than they were when they were working. And at that point, the IRS has you right where they want you in that there's no escape. You can't stop taking your pension. You can't stop taking your Social Security. And you have to take required distributions. So in that case, these clients had or have a window of opportunity to take some uh, Roth conversions at what is going to be a lower tax bracket than they're eventually going to have. So Raleigh is thinking about all the right things here. He's already off to a great start with his 75% Roth, 25% traditional weighting that he has right now. One thing he said in his email was, well, the traditional, the match from my old employer, of course, goes into traditional. Good for him that he's getting the entire match that the uh, employer is offering. So he had a lot of good things going here in his world. Um, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. And so as you're evaluating whether, whether Raleigh's situation might be important to you, the key thing you want to figure out is, are the Roth conversions I'm making this year, regardless of the bad feeling you make, you have about making bigger tax payments to the IRS, do I think my tax bracket in the year I do my Roth conversion is going to be lower than my tax bracket in retirement. And if that's the case, then the Roth makes sense. But if this year's tax bracket is the same or higher, then it's probably not a great thing to do that Roth conversion now. You should wait, uh, maybe until you're actually retired and there's nothing to say you couldn't do Roth conversions once you're retired. I think that's fantastic, uh, David, and a great breakdown of Raleigh's question here. Glad you guys were able to go back and forth a little bit and then get these details answered. I'm guessing Raleigh's not the only one to go through a situation <laughs> like this and that this resonates with a lot of people listening to the show today. Would that be a safe guess? I think that's a totally safe guess. And what I love about Raleigh is he's thinking about it and taking action on it now instead of thinking, eh, 
you know, I'm going to work with that later. Nope. Now is the time, especially, I mean, if you're going to make a, a change for 2022, well, <laughs> you have until December 31st to do that. And every year there are, there are tax rules that can work in your favor if you're aware of them and you take action on them. So I think that's great. Yeah. I think this Be is proactive. A, exactly. This is a perfect example for a lot of our listeners. Um, when, when a situation comes up where the tax rules work for you, take advantage. Excellent. Well, there you go, Raleigh. Hopefully that is helpful for to you and also to anybody else listening to the show in a similar situation. Great listener questions on the show today. And again, if you are in a situation where you need some help, are looking to work with a qualified advisor and want to get that assistance in the near future, well, all those things align for a good reason to get a complete planning review with David Dickens and the team at KC Financial Advisors. Based in Overland Park, you can find them online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com or give David a call at 913-317-1414. That contact info will be in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. And you can always email your questions for a future mailbag episode to ddickens at kcfa.com. David, great breakdown of these. Love the questions today and uh, can't wait to do some more in the future. Me too. And uh, whatever we talk about next week, Walter, I'll look forward to talking to you. You know it's going to be a good episode no matter what the (laughs) topic. So I look forward to seeing what we come up with. And uh, folks, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.